Father, we thank you for allowing us to worship you. God, I thank you so much for this praise and worship man that leads us. God, I, I praise your name for what you did in the first service and how you spoke to us and Lord, how you opened our hearts to some things we needed to see and Lord, I know that there are people in, in this service as well and God, they need to see you in the same way. Lord, they need to be restored in the same way. They need their hearts broken in the same way. But God, I can't do that. There is nothing I can do that will cause that to happen. It is solely because of you. You're the only one that has the power to change hearts. You're the only one that has the power to speak. So God, I pray that you would speak. That your words would be heard and not mine. That God, that if I were to say, if I were to think to say anything that's outside of your words... God, that you would kill me before they ever come out of my mouth because I would rather be dead than I had to say something that is against your will. Lord Jesus, you speak. Touch these people's lives. Change them through the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Make them new. Remind them of your love for them. Remind them of the sacrifice of the cross. Lord, change them forever with your word. Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in a series called Lost the past few weeks, and I really had planned on continuing that series even today, but I've spoken to several people over the past week or so that has really kind of changed my heart on this, and God has opened my eyes to something that we need to address. And part of this is because of where I am. And trust me when I tell you that when you hear the message, now it's three times because God has preached it to me once, and I bring it to the first service, and then I bring it to the second service. So I, I endured the message three times. So I want you to know that it's, it's probably way more for me than it is for you. But I feel a need to share what God has laid on my heart through having talked to several people in the past couple of weeks and just where I am and where they are and, and just what this, this body seems to be enduring right now. There's a word that is used in the Bible that, that, that means tired, that means wore out, slap wore out as we call it here in the South, right? I'm slap wore out. I'm exhausted. That word is weary. And if I'm perfectly transparent with you, like I try to be, and perfectly honest with you, there is a portion of me that is weary. There, there's a portion of me that just is exhausted to the point where I feel like I could collapse at any moment. And I am so thankful that God has brought me to that place. I, I've been battling with this cold for two weeks now, and I've taken double antibiotics and shots and steroids and nose sprays and more halls than you can count. I mean, like, I've been struggling. But the reality is, is that God has used this as, as a platform, as a catalyst to show me that I need to share with you why it is that we're weary. Because I believe that it is an overflow from my life and why it is that I'm weary. And I needed to be reminded of this. That this is so simple and so clear and we have missed it. 
We have missed it. Why are we weary? Why are we weary? What is the issue with us? We ask ourselves all the time, is it, is it am I battling with Satan? Is it the attacks of Satan? Is that the reason I'm weary? Is it because I'm waging war on my flesh? Is that the reason that I'm weary because I'm always struggling with this desires of the flesh? Is that the reason I'm weary? Or, or is it maybe it's a sovereign God. Nothing happens outside the very hands of God in this universe. Maybe God's choosing for me to be weary. Maybe that's what's going on in my life. And I want to propose to you this morning that it's all three. That it's all three. And I hope and I pray that you will see that and you will see what God is trying to show you from the the very front cover of this book to the back cover of this book that you will see that that is what God is trying to show us. And that's exactly what the Pharisees missed. It's exactly what the Pharisees missed. And I've missed it too. I missed it too. Why am I weary? I want to know, Lord, why am I so weary? What am I missing? What, what have I forgotten about? What have I been so blind to? What, what is it, Lord? And I'm struggling with it the past couple of weeks. God, why am I weary? And God said, well, why don't you look and see what I have to say about being weary? And I opened up his word and I began to look in Matthew chapter 11. Because we've all heard that verse before in Matthew chapter 11. Come unto me, all who are, are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Right? We've all heard that a million times. But have you really looked at what that has to say to us? Have you looked at that in the context of the whole of God's word and said, well, what is God trying to show us? I thought today maybe we'd examine it a little bit, open God's word and see what he has to say about why we're weary. And maybe he'll reveal to us something we've missed, something we've overlooked. I know that my flesh has a desire to overlook stuff. So I should probably listen to Jesus and not listen to me. I told you before, just a few minutes ago, sometimes you just need to shut up and listen. Sometimes you just need to be quiet for a minute and stop talking and doing and just, just be and hear and exist in the presence of God and let Him speak truth to my life. So let's look. I'm, I'm not going to preach a long time today because God needs to speak to you and I need to shut up a lot. So we're going to do some more praise and worship in just a little bit and I'm going to be a little bit brief today because I don't have to do the work. It's not about what I say. It's what God says to you. That's what will stand and that's what will matter. Let's look at Matthew chapter 11. Beginning in verse 25, it says, Jesus is praying to his Father. Jesus is praying to his Father. Jesus is praying to his Father. At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and revealing it to them, them to the uh, revealing for revealing them to the childlike. 
Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Now, some people will take that passage and they'll say, well, Jesus is saying that he's only chosen to reveal himself to certain people. Like there's, there's these chosen people where God has rolled the dice and said, well, you can understand and you can't. You can see God's calling you. He's not calling you. You're chosen. You're not. Sorry about it. See you in hell. And I don't think that's what this passage says. I don't think that's what it says at all. It says that, that it's hidden from certain people. They can't see it. They're blinded. They can't see the truth. Certain people, who are those people? They're the people that think that they've got it all together. They're the, the wise and the clever, is what it says. The people that think they have all the answers. That's the people. That's the people who it's hidden from. The people that think they've got the answers. They're wrong. And they can't see that they're wrong because they think they're right. That's me a lot of times. That's me a lot of times, and that's when I forget. That's when I forget the truth. But sometimes God humbles me and brings me down to this low place where I can see that he's really the one with the answers and I'm not. You may shake your fist at God sometimes and go, God, why did you have to put that stupid tree in the garden? Why did it even have to be there? Couldn't we have skipped the tree and then we could all still be in paradise? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be the better way to do things, God? Come on, God, surely to goodness you could have thought of that one. Just don't put the tree in there. I mean, we go back to the very beginning of the book and we see that tree there. And, and we know what's going to happen. Wait, God knew what was going to happen. He knew they were going to eat of the tree. He knew they were going to, so why didn't he even put the tree there? It's almost like God was trying to show us something from the very beginning. It's almost like God was trying to reveal something to us that, that, that maybe we didn't recognize that God was up to. You think that's possible in God's word that he could be doing something that we couldn't even wrap our minds around? Because God said he had a plan from the beginning because he told the serpent after this had all happened, he said, he said there's coming a day when you, you may bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. That God had a plan from the very beginning that, that, that Satan's plan would be thwarted, that there that God would ultimately have the victory through what happens through his son, Jesus. What was God trying to teach us through that? Or what about the Pharisees, the fact that they thought that, man, to have a right relationship with God, we've been talking about this for weeks, that, that man, I can dress a certain way, I can act a certain way, I can, I can fast, I can give money, I can do all this stuff, and Jesus said, you missed everything. You got the wrong idea about a right relationship with God.
Do you think maybe, do you think maybe that God was trying to teach us to have a dependency on him? Do you think that's the reason maybe the tree was there? That, that even though Satan tried to use the tree to destroy all of mankind, God used it to glorify all of mankind. And, and, and though Job endured his family being killed and losing all of his property and all of his livestock and all that stuff that God allowed Satan to do, Maybe, just maybe, it was so that at the end of Job, he could talk about how he has heard about God, but now he has seen God and he has experienced God in a real and new way. That he now has a real dependency on God. That he is now really in touch with who God is. Is it possible that that may be what's going on here? Is it possible that the reason that you're struggling with the flesh, is it possible that the reason that, that you're suffering from cancer, divorce, You know that God put enmity between man and woman, right? Back back in the garden, you remember that, right? So maybe, just maybe, the struggle that you're experiencing in your relationship with your husband or wife, maybe God allowing this pressure cooker of life to press in upon you, to crush you, so that you will stop being reliant on yourself. That you'll be reliant on Him. So God, you're the only one that is good. You're the only one that is the source of all things good. And I have to go to you. Because if I keep going to my empty well, I'll come up empty. But your well is never empty. Could it be that God was just saying, rely on me. Stop relying on yourself. For everything from salvation to cancer to life to death, rely on me. Divorce, poverty, your children spitting in your face, all of that, rely on me. Because you don't have the answers. Because you don't have the answers. He says, the people that think they have all the answers, that's not the ones I'm talking to. They've got it hidden from them. They can't see the truth. They think they know who to rely on, and they really have no clue. But he says, Jesus says, as he's praying to the Father, which we get privy to, we get to hear what he prayed to the Father. Thank you for revealing them to the childlike. The childlike. What does it mean to be childlike? It means you've got a real dependence on your parents to take care of you, don't you? A young child can't even walk without its parent. A a A a, a child can't feed itself without its parent. A child can't provide for itself without its parent. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus is saying we're supposed to have a dependency on him for everything. And we're supposed to be like a child in our dependency on him. But what do we do instead? No, 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 Jesus. I got this. I'm going to fix this in my life. I'm going to take care of this problem. No, 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 Jesus. You stay over there. I got this. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. And it's not the truth. It's not the truth. This pressure cooker of life that you feel like you're in right now. 
It's pressing in upon you so you can examine yourself and see what's really inside. That you can see your true colors. Because once you start to be crushed, then you can see what you're all about, right? When everything's going well and everything's going easy, you, you can just say, eh, I'm good, I'm good. And then when life starts to crush you, then you go, man, who is my dependency really on? Is it on me or is it on God? You, you, know, you know, Jesus told Peter, Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. Satan is asked to sift you like wheat, Peter. And, and Peter, Peter, he caved for a little while, right? He denied Jesus. Three different times he denied Jesus. He said, said, I don't even know who that guy is. And the pressure of life and, and the fear of death was pressing in upon Peter. And, and God used that situation for Peter to see who he really was. God used that situation for Peter, his true heart to be shown. And where his dependency really was because Peter got crucified too. And Jesus told Peter that one day they're going to take you to a place that you don't want to go and they're going to dress you in a way that you don't want to be dressed and you're going to have a chance to either deny me again or to say that you know me. And the pressure cooker of life had pressed in upon Peter and his true colors, they came out. And Peter's dependency was on God and God alone. Jesus goes on to talk about how nobody can know the Father unless they know Him. Nobody can know the Father because He knows the Father and the Father knows Him. It's the first time He's referred to God as my Father in the New Testament. It's the first time He refers to Him as my Father. And He was saying, I am divine. The words I speak to you are truth because they come from God. Just like Gabriel said to Zechariah in the temple, said, this message is from God. And the Pharisees, you know why they were so confused and they, they, they were so messed up? It's because they thought they had all the answers. They thought if they just followed the law and they followed it to a T, then they were good. You know why that's not the answer? Because that's no reliance on God. That's reliance on yourself to be able to fulfill the law. And when, you, when, when there's some little glimmer of change that happens in your life, you go, well, that must be because I followed the law. That must be because I did the right thing. And then when you end up worshiping God as a result of what you did and your obedience to the law, then you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping yourself. You're worshiping yourself. Look what I did. Look how I dressed. Look how much money I gave. Look how I fasted. When you do that, you're worshiping yourself. And God says, worship me and me alone. Could it be that all the way from the, the Old Testament in Genesis, all the way to the book of Revelation at the back, that God is trying to show us the re reason these things happen, the struggle with the flesh, the, the trials of life, Satan attacking us at every street corner, then maybe, just maybe, we're supposed to be reliant on God. And maybe, just maybe, that's what we've forgotten more than anything. It's the very source and the foundation of our faith 
It's the source and the foundation of your salvation. It's that you couldn't do it, but God had to. But yet, you still continue to fight. You still continue to drag yourself out of the pit. And it's just not true. It didn't come from God. And yet, we still continue to try to do it. But let's, let's look what Jesus says to those with a childlike faith, what the answer is and, and what, what happens. So Jesus has been praying to his father. And, and I can just picture him looking up at the crowd that day. He looks up at everybody and he says this, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. All of you that are weary and carry her heavy burdens, come to me. My daughter was dying with cancer. It was a very difficult time in my life, and it was, felt like I was being crushed every single day. And I spent more time crying than I did sleeping. And I would be awake in the hospital a lot of times at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, whatever, because sleep never gave me any rest. But it was a very quiet place, and you didn't have any place to go to talk to somebody or everybody else was gone or asleep or something. And there's only one place I could find real rest. And that was in the truth of God's word. It was in this book. No, the doctors could say anything that would give me hope because they, they'd been wrong before. And the doctors couldn't, couldn't give me any answers because their, their answers have been wrong before. But this book, it never failed me. It never gave me anything but truth and anything but hope. And, and this was the only place I could, I could turn. You know why? You know what God was teaching me? It's real, real complicated. You know what God was teaching me? Trust in me alone. Trust in me alone. Have your dependency on me, your Father in heaven who loves you more than you love yourself. Have your dependency there. Not on your spouse, not on your child, not on your best friend, not on your church. You have your trust in me, your dependency on me. So as I know you're weary and I know you carry a heavy burden, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will be the source of your rest. Take, listen to what he says, take my yoke upon you. Take, take my yoke upon you. This is the picture of two oxen or two donkeys being tied together with a yoke around their neck and they're, they're pulling plows. And, and, and you're like, well, okay, I can get that being tied up to Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. Okay, Jesus, I, I got that. He says, let me teach you. What are you going to teach me, Jesus? What do I need to know? What do I need to understand? Let me teach you how to be humble and gentle at heart. 
What? To, to just be humble and gentle at heart? A humble person is the only kind of person that can rely on God. A hard-hearted person who is prideful can't rely on God. And if you think about Jesus' obedience to his father, it was even to the point of death and even to death on a cross like a criminal and a thief. He had to be humble in order for him to be obedient. He had to be humble to have complete dependency on his father. He had to have a gentle heart and one that was moved to his father and his father alone. He said, I'll teach you that. What does he say? And you will find rest for your souls. A lot of us are confused because we think that we're tired, we're not getting enough sleep. That we've worked too hard and, and, and because of that, that's the reason we're weary. I would suggest that the reason you're weary, according to God's word, is that yes, you've, you indeed have worked too hard, but you have worked too hard on your own and not having enough dependency on God, and that's the reason that your soul is weary. It's not your physical bodies. It is your soul that is weary, and that's the reason you feel a deep emptiness that surpasses any kind of physical tiredness that you feel. Your soul is weary. You know why? Because you've done too much. You've tried to fix it. You've tried to make it all work out. You've tried to make all the puzzle pieces fit, and they just don't fit for you. And because of that, you're weary. And your soul has no rest. Jesus says, depend on me. Trust in me. Trust in my Father. Have a humble heart. Have a gentle heart. Stop trying to do it yourself. Stop trying to do it yourself. Your soul is weary because your dependency is on yourself and not on God. He says, I will give you rest for your soul. Some of your souls are weary because you've never given your life to him. You've never said, God, you own everything about me. I have nothing to offer, but I just come to your cross humbly and ask you to forgive me and save me and rescue me. And your soul is so weary. You've been fighting that prideful heart, that bitterness. You've been fighting that for so long. You know that there's no rest for your soul. You know that there's no genuine rest for your soul because you've been trying to do it. You know what you need more than anything else in your life and the thing that you've probably over, overlooked and neglected more than anything else is, is rest for your soul. And you've forgotten because you've been dependent on yourself and not dependent on God. Jesus goes on to say this. He says, For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What is Jesus saying? He says, you stay connected to me. You stay hooked up to me. You stay side by side with me, and I'll carry the major majority of the burden. You don't have to. Your portion of the yoke will be easier because I'll be carrying a major majority of the burden. You know what that means? That means that we have to be dependent upon him to carry the burden. Can you believe that that's what Jesus is actually saying? 
but that we've actually got to depend on him and not on ourselves. Jesus doesn't say, well, you pull your side, I'll pull mine. He says, no, 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 I'll pull the majority. You just, you just got to stay hooked up to me. Now, he didn't say that he's going to pull all the weight. He doesn't say that, that it it's, it's, goes away, it disappears. No, no, no. You're still going to struggle, but you're going to struggle alongside with Jesus. I, I tell you what I would rather do. Instead of having the yoke on my back and me pulling the burdens of this world by myself, I think I'd rather be connected up with Jesus and let him pull the majority of them with me. Isn't that the way you'd rather do it? Then why have you neglected that? Why have you neglected that? And said, no, Jesus, I'll do it myself. Give me the whole thing. I'll take the burden myself. And Jesus says, come to me. And there are people every single day, and there are people in this room who say, no, 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 Jesus, I got this. I'll fix it. That's not the gospel. And that's why your soul is weary. Let me pray. Father, you have spoken. Lord, your words have penetrated people's hearts. And God, the invitation is simply that we should come to you. People, their hearts are heavy, Lord, and they wonder why. And their souls are so, they're so weary. Yeah, but they continue over and over and over again to ignore the truth from the beginning of this book to the end of this book, you have simply been trying to teach us to rely on you and you alone and there's nothing within us. There's nothing within us. God, you tell us that, that, that our hearts are wickedly evil and deceitful above all things. There's nothing within us. Lord Jesus, it has the answers. You have the answers. Lord Jesus, speak. God, we're so tired of trying to come up with the answers on our own, and we always come up empty. But, Lord, you have the answers. So, God, strengthen our faith. God, allow us to trust you more. May our dependency be solely on you and not on ourselves. Because there's nothing good within us. Let us take upon your yoke. Let us give you our burdens. Give us rest. Father, we need this. We need this above all else. If there's somebody here who's never given their life to you, Lord, I pray that they would come to you now. Surrender their life to you. Give all their burdens and all their shame. And they would acknowledge before you and before this church and the kingdom of God that you have the answers, that there is no answer within ourselves. Lord, we love you. We thank you for being the source of all that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Would everyone please stand?